1: it one week since you looked at me Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry Five days since you laughed at me They're saying get back together, come back and see me Three days since living room I realized it's all my fault but couldn't tell you Yesterday you've
2: forgiven me But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry What's going on everybody? Another Alcatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer, I hope all of you are having a great Fourth of July weekend Obviously it's the end of the weekend If you're listening to this show live on a Sunday or where, whenever you listen to it. We've got a great show for you tonight. Craft Beer guest that's going to be joining me later this hour in the usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash agcraftbeercast. Via email at albertg at radio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG agcraftbeercast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well. And we are also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com and you can catch my podcast as well as many other podcasts that are beer-related on that website. Coming up in 10 minutes, John Cushot, who co-hosts What's on Tap with Gary Montaroso and Taryn Nurin. He also runs South Jersey Beer Scene. It's a great resource for those of you living in the south half of the state on everything that's happening in craft beer in South Jersey. Does a great podcast as well. He's going to join me for two segments tonight. It is a lot of fun. You will want to check that out coming up in about 10 minutes from now. John and I were going to talk about all of these different changes that have gone on with New Jersey. The ABC handing down uh, a new set of rules that breweries have to follow. Uh, I'm of the belief that uh, these things need to be legislated as opposed to having rules put down because really New Jersey is so far behind in what the surrounding states are doing when it comes to craft beer. And I think John... Uh, leans uh, my way, but maybe not. Obviously, he's more tied into the South Jersey uh, scene. And I think a lot of the arguments that are coming out of the craft breweries that are independently owned in New Jersey uh, are coming from South Jersey, some up north, some in the central part of the state. Yeah, there's a central part of New Jersey. But I think a lot of it is coming from the southern part. Uh, Of the state. And I wanted to get John's take on it and what breweries are doing down there and what you can do if you live in the state of New Jersey uh, to help out as well. And of course, the South Jersey Beer Scene is a great, great website and resource for all things South Jersey. So that's coming up. Now, I I have to get this ready because I didn't have it prepared because, as usual, uh, you know, I I thought I was prepared uh, to tape this part of the show, but apparently I'm not. So I'm going to pull these up real quick. And see if I can. Uh, okay, I got the one. I got the one at the ready. Uh, so this is part of our news and notes segment, and here's what's going on. So a bill passed by the legislature to help Connecticut craft brewers to grow and thrive is now law. So this happened about two weeks ago. Governor Ned Lamont says burdensome regulations were hurting the industry.
3: I think we cleared away a lot of that regulatory underbrush. We've uh, accelerated and streamlined the permitting process to make it easier for you.
2: So you hear that? They streamlined the permitting process to make it easier for you. Isn't that great? Shouldn't that that be uh, the way it goes for almost, you know, for everyone? I would think so. Well, anyway, Lamont signed the bill uh, during a ceremony at a Tribus Beer Company in Milford. Now, the bill allows people to purchase nine gallons of beer from a brewery per day, which is around four cases of 12-ounce cans. The previous daily limit uh, was just nine liters. And Phil Pappas of the Connecticut Brewers Guild explains the newly uh, the new bill signed by Governor Lamont. What that bill does is allow breweries like Travis Beer Company as well as all the other 90 breweries that we have in our state to sell up to nine gallons of beer direct to the consumer out of a tap room like this. See, now, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice that, uh, you know, these things are happening in Connecticut and other states? Now, again, I know it's not the same as New Jersey. Uh, I understand that. But the fact that uh, Connecticut is trying to streamline this process of permitting so that you can get your beer quicker is always a good thing. Take notice New Jersey this needs to be a better effort in and around New Jersey we need to figure out and I, I'm at this point I think it needs to be legislated. We need to figure out how the restaurant owners and how the breweries can all get along together and both can profit from you know the sale of alcohol, the sale of food and I'm not advocating that breweries be allowed to sell food absolutely not They're there to brew beer. They're not there to make food. And I think if you ask every single brewer, they don't want to make food. They're not interested in doing that. They're not interested in the additional headache and all the other stuff that goes on with it. Let's all get along. I mean, it's pretty simple, don't you think? Continuing on with news and notes here, uh, we're going to stay in Connecticut as Two Roads Brewing uh, is creating a hard seltzer. So uh, they are uh, created and canned at the Two Roads facility in Stratford, Connecticut. H Two Roads Craft Hard Seltzer uh, is coming up uh, is is coming out, and it uses one hundred percent real fruit in lieu of extracts and flavorings that other seltzers used. So. The Road Less Traveled uh, innovation team at Two Roads set out to craft a hard seltzer that didn't rely on artificial ingredients, according to Master Brewer Phil Markowski. Using extracts or processed flavoring agents was a non-starter for for us. We wanted to avoid an artificial flavor from additives and offer an alternative to folks who prefer a natural-tasting product. Real fruit was the only way to achieve this. The natural byproduct of real fruit fruit is real color, which all of our seltzers will have. So obviously, instead of it being clear, it's going to have... Some type of color to it. Now, the uh, they spent about eight months taking care of, uh, creating this. Each H two Rhodes Craft Hard Seltzer is made from 100 percent cane sugar and 100 percent real fruit. Will range between 95 and 115 calories, two to three grams of sugar, and two to four grams of carbs. Calorie variation uh, calorie variations uh, occur because different fruits have digger, uh, different sugar contents. So again, they're looking at a low calorie, low carb. Uh, something a little bit more approachable to the consumer, those that drink it. And I have to say, look, uh, I find we'll, we're going to um, talk about a hard seltzer that I tried uh, about a week or so ago that I, I that I enjoyed very much. I like the hard seltzers. It's it's a nice little alternative than you know drinking a beer. It's good on a hot day. You're at a barbecue. Maybe you don't want to get weighed down. Uh, by drinking beer. You know what I mean? Sometimes you'll you, you be banging back a couple of pilsners or whatever because you don't want to drink that heavy IPA uh, and and feel, you know, it's it's hot out or whatever. So you have the hard seltzer. I actually like it as an alternative to cider. Cider can sometimes, you know, lay on you a little bit and cider has a lot of sugar in it. So, uh, you know, this is, this is definitely alternative. It is definitely something that uh, breweries are starting to make now. It is becoming a booming market. You see a lot of breweries making money off of it. Sam Adams certainly, with their Truly brand, uh, they are certainly making money on it. So um, this is something that... it's not going away anytime soon. Now, packaging format is another point of difference for the brand. Two Roads will be launching with a six-pack variety pack with three flavors, raspberry, grapefruit, and cranberry lime. In addition, raspberry and grapefruit will be offered in traditional 12-ounce six-packs. You can find those in six-packs and draft everywhere Two Roads is sold starting in early August. So good news there uh, if you're looking for a flavored seltzer. Uh, also, Founders of Brewing, as I pull up the... Uh, The story here, Founders Brewing uh, is now partnering with General Distribution out of Salt Lake City and Washington's Distributing out of Ogden uh, to bring their lineup to Utah. They will be in Utah State liquor stores uh, as early as this month. They might even be in stores already. And the reason why is because um, Utah, which is the 49th state to see Founders Distribution, leaving only Hawaii left uh, to complete their distribution, and I'm sure they'll get to Hawaii at some point. The reason why is because Utah State Legislature recently passed SB 132, which increases the state cap on retail beer to 5% ABV, and since Founders produces a number of sub-5% ABV beers, including the immensely popular all-day IPA, um, folks in Utah will be able to find this brand and more in grocery and convenience stores uh, in addition to draft uh, and online premise retailing accounts beginning November First, so you're going to see some beer uh, there coming up, or it's there already, and then a lot of uh, their other product will be there uh, by November. So kudos to Founders, and all they're waiting for now is to lock in Hawaii, and they'll be in all 50 states. Finally, as we finish up our first news and notes segment here for the uh, first week of July, Cape May Brewing uh, announced that CEO and co-founder Ryan Krill has been named as an ex officio member of the board of directors of the Beer Institute. That's one of two national trade organizations representing 7,000 American brewers and more than 2.1 million American jobs. Similar to the Brewers Association, Beer Institute's scope isn't limited to craft brewers. They represent the entire brewing industry. Uh, and as Ryan says, these are there are issues that affect the independent craft brewer and there are issues that affect the industry as a whole. I'm still championing the little guys, but with small brewers such as Cape May on the board for the Beer Institute, we're able to ensure that our needs are met in the scope of the overall beer industry. And as CEO uh, Jim McGreevy of the Beer Institute uh, and President said, as an active Beer Institute member since 2015, I appreciate what Ryan has done in building Cape May and want his perspective on the business as a member of the Buy Board. Having the voice of small brewers on the Beer Institute Board gives our team of advocates the full perspective of the brewing sector on policy issues. Uh, Krill was named on the board along with four other craft brewers. Dan Koppman, the CEO of Heavy Seas, was named as the craft brewer member of the board of directors. Jeff Hamilton of Spreicher, uh, Brad Hiddle of Two Roads, and Dharma Tam of Rogales were all named as ex-officio members as well. We're really looking forward to working with Krill along with the others. And for more information uh, on the Beer Institute, you can check out their website at beerinstitute.org. And for more information on Cape May Brewing, just go over to their website, capemaybrewing.com. They just released their 8th anniversary IPA. Hoping to snag a can of that at some point. I'll have to reach out to the folks at Cape May and see if I can get a couple of their Cape May beers because they do make some... Some very good stuff. And if you're down in the Cape May area, I certainly encourage you to check out uh, the brewery. It's right there at the airport. Uh, it's really nice. You can get it on the way out of Cape May if you want to do that or on your way in. Uh, it's a really nice place. they got a great candle store next door, too. If you're looking for really cool handmade candles... Uh, by a local guy, you definitely want to check that out. Uh, it is definitely something uh, that you shouldn't miss. When we come back after a short break, John Cuchot, who co-hosts What's on Tap with Gary Montaroso and Tara Nuren, and also South Jersey Beer Scene. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City,
4: can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer.
5: Hi, this is Jerry Crowley, Vice President and General Manager at Salem, New York. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either AM 970 The Answer or AM 570 The Mission WMCA. If you love one of these stations, and you should, and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our mission and what we do, so now maybe you'd like to join the team and help us in this mission. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we just might have a job for you. Give us a call at 212-857-9638. Ask for Courtney or leave a message with your information. Again, that's 212-857-9638. 212-857-9638. This could be a life-changing opportunity for you. You'll never know if you don't call.
6: This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour of the key sites and places to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Come home inspired by the experience if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel. This is your opportunity. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose.
4: For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com.
6: If it works, they will send it to you automatically. If it doesn't work, tell them not to send any shipments, and it's as simple as that. It is all at relieffactor.com. I've been using it for years now. relieffactor.com. AM 97, the answer.
2: Welcome back to the Al Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And uh, if if my friend Pat O'Connell hadn't posted this on his Facebook page uh, earlier today, I would have never known that this was the day that Man of War's Into Glory Ride album came out. I was a huge fan of Man of War back in the 80s. In fact, the first concert I ever saw at Lamore's was Man of War. So uh, there you go. There's a little history lesson for you. Uh that was an amazing show. It was not this album. It was one a little bit later when they sound the charge into glory ride. Uh I'm not going to sing the rest of the song because I certainly don't have the voice of uh, uh of those guys. But anyway, uh you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, Facebook.com slash A G email at Albert, G at NYCradio.com. iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. you find those shows on those two platforms. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to thehoppedupnetwork.com. Not only will you find my show, but a bunch of other beer-related podcasts on that platform as well. My guest, he is also on that um, hoppedupnetwork.com, but he's all over the beer scene in South Jersey. He co-hosts What's on Tap with Gary Montroso and Taryn Nuren on the weekend and during the week. He's podcasting and writing for the website South Jersey Beer Scene. You hit up the Hopped Up Network to access the latest from both shows. Uh, you can also go to their websites, com or What's on Tap. Uh, I think it's whatsontapradio.com, but I'll get the uh, correct website uh, from uh, my good friend here. I've done his show before. This is the first time that we've had him on, so we welcome him to the Craft Beer Cast. John Cushot. John, how are you, my friend? Man,
3: I am... Very, very happy to be here. And the fact that you serenaded me with Man of War to bring me in was fantastic.
2: See? See? We we, we like to please people. We like to keep things in a good mood. But, John, a lot of people in New Jersey, the brewers especially, not in a good mood. So the day after Memorial Day, the state of New Jersey's ABC comes out with new regulations to replace the old regulations that were sort of stopped or put on hold back in October. Now, some people were were happy about it, and some were not. I, I, and I think here, and I want you to tell me what you think, John, but this is my opinion here. I think breweries, many of them in the northern half of the state, with a few exceptions, were happy with the rules that were laid out or can live with what the NJABC is doing. And a lot of breweries in the southern half were not happy with the ruling. Is that a fair assessment?
3: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. And I, I think there's two points to be made here this ruling is pretty much a mirror image of the ruling that came out last September that was rescinded very, very quickly, you know, and, you know, they are going to say it didn't, but it also uh, caused to have a change at the top of the ABC, right. but, but I think that dichotomy between the North and the South has gotten a lot closer because, you know, there's a lot of smaller breweries that are opening up all over up in North Jersey as well. Right. But I think the most telling fact about all of this is that there's not as much noise this time as there was last time. I think that uh, South Jersey has several smaller breweries that kind of operate, um, not illegally. I wouldn't say that, but as a as a place, a meeting place, and a smaller towns, and um, it's the town hall, and they're bringing in local artists and doing a lot of different things. So I think it actually affects the South Jersey, Jersey breweries that are just starting up mm. a little bit more because you, you're more established in North Jersey for the most part. And I think I think you would agree with that for the most part. That's true, but uh. But I think the telling thing for me is, and I've talked to people on both sides of this, is that it went away pretty quickly. I think the people that are still really trying to work this are the people that are really, really close to the situation. It almost seems like it kind of went away um, because I think a lot of the breweries were uh, were relegated to saying, okay, if this is what we're going to get, we have elections coming up. It feels like they want to legislate it. Let's get Let's get through this year. And then next July, when they're actually supposed to start enacting all of these rules, maybe we'll have a change by then.
2: Yeah, and I, I, think that's, I think that's where it's going. I think it's going to end up being legislated, and I think that's a great point, John. And the biggest issue to me is the fact that breweries will be able to hold events. They just can't promote them except for 25 times a year. It's kind of short-sighted. Like, if you post an event on Facebook, that counts towards your 25 events. But if people are talking about it and saying, hey, John... You know, uh, so-and-so, uh, Death of the Fox is going to have this big event. Hey, you want to go? Okay, yeah, sure. So as long as people are talking about it, it's okay. But if you post it anywhere in social media, um, it counts towards one of your events. Now, additionally, the food truck issue is a huge problem in South Jersey. Um, do you think that this is the restaurant owners pressuring the NJABC to crack down?
3: I, I do. And I, and I think to your point with the Facebook and, you know, you can't post anything, I almost feel like they put that in there as something they're going to be able to give away because I think a lot of the people that are involved with this are like, you're taking away my First Amendment rights. Right. You're telling me that I can't do something that every other business in the state of New Jersey can do. I just don't feel like that's something that's going to stick. The food truck issue, yes. I know firsthand that a lot of the people in the restaurant community in South Jersey were not happy with the food trucks. Um, it it does uh, It does seem from the outside that the restaurant uh, lobby and, you know, and Big Beer uh, have a lot to do with this. you know. But also the food truck issue has become a really hot topic with localities. There are little local towns, mm-hmm. at Carver Township notably being one that has just said you can't have them anywhere. You know, so it's superseding even what the ABC does because right. they've been hearing from their, you know, restaurants in their area.
2: See, what baffles me about the food truck thing, and I, listen, I get it. If some municipalities don't want them at all, that's one thing maybe because... They can't inspect them or whatever on a timely basis. All right, I, I understand that. But if, let's say, for instance, the empanada guy is coming to, um, I'm trying to think of a brewery, you know, in, in, in South Jersey where it's kind of isolated and there are no restaurants around. Like what would be? a, a so he's coming to Ludlam
3: Island here in okay. South Jersey, which is back in Perfect. the middle of an industrial park, and there's a no restaurant within driving distance, right? You know, per- all within driving distance.
2: Perfect. So let's say the empanada guy is coming to Ludlam uh, Island Brewery, right? They're, they're, they're coming. In. What What is the big deal? What uh, if it's if there's no restaurant within driving distance, and the restaurant maybe the restaurant that's closest doesn't deliver? Where are you hurting the restaurant business? If I don't want an empanada while I'm sitting drinking beer. I'm either going to pick up the phone and try and get somebody to come and bring me a burger at the brewery, or if not, I'm going to stop drinking and go to an establishment that serves me a burger. It's one thing if the food truck is serving multiple food items and the restaurant is saying, well, you know, that's direct competition. But if they're only serving empanadas or they're only serving, you know, uh, macaroni and cheese or chicken wings or whatever the case may be, I don't get where the competition is. It's, It's... I That's don't either. You saying. know, when these
3: rulings first came out, I spoke. Uh, they put me on the radio with somebody that was in a higher level of Applebee's, saying, you know, how this was hurting their business here, and I, I just totally don't agree with it. I think one thing breweries do a great job is is being part of their local community right. and helping those places out and saying, hey, here's your, we're gonna we might have a food truck here on a Saturday or during a special occasion. It's not like they're there every day, but during the rest of the times, they're there's menus out for the local restaurants. There are, you know, people who uh, are just going, bringing food in from those local restaurants. So I, I think it's a real small portion. It almost feels like it's ticky-tacky. Hmm. Like, the thing that I don't understand is no coffee. And I know my... I was going to
2: get into that with you. Oh, I'm so glad you brought it up.
3: Chuck, at Death of the Fox Business Plan, showed that he was going to have a coffee house within the brewery, and they improved, you know, it's approved. Now you can't have coffee. It, you can have you can have small prepackaged snacks and they have some fancy name for it, but you can't right. have coffee. You can have soda that you make in the house, but you can't have coffee. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. It's almost like they were sewn together. Let's just put something out. Right. And we know we're not going to be able to win some of this, but let's appease the bigger, bigger, you know, uh, lobby side. Let's not strap the breweries to have to turn right now and change their business plan and let's just see what happens in Trenton in the meantime it really is kind of weird when you think about it that we always say you know you have a couple beers you want to you know have a cup of coffee and sober up that kind of thing or not everybody that goes to a brewery drinks beer you know my wife goes with me to breweries and she doesn't really drink beer right and you know she'll have a pop or whatever that's there and you know to say no coffee it's just so arbitrary it almost feels like Hey, let's just throw this in and see if it sticks. You yeah. know, Chuck, I believe, is getting a waiver for his, for his, you know, for his place at this point. And oh, I'm not 100% good. sure on that. That's the word on the street. But okay. it really is kind of weird how they picked and choose these things. And getting back to the Applebee's thing, right. you know, he was talking about how the breweries were, you know, they're infecting our business, you know, and, mm. and, and, and uh, we, we can't have them operating as bar fronts. They, these, bar, these places can only sell what they make, first of all. And they're doing some things for the community that nobody does. Can you tell me the last time you saw Applebee's advertise eight o'clock Sunday morning yoga? Never. Or you know a, a, a Saturday afternoon where they're going to have a dog adoption? Never. Or you know that kind of stuff that never happens. The,
2: the only thing, so I think John, it's apples and oranges. The, the only thing that that Applebee's has done like locally in my community is they'll do like a pancake breakfast for the Boy Scouts and or, or the Girl Scouts, and they raise money or whatever. But let's face it, between you and I. Are you really going to an Applebee's for craft beer? Of course not. You're, You're going not. to Applebee's to socialize with your friends and drink whatever macro is there uh, and and mix drinks and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's nonsense. We're talking with John uh, Cusho of South Jersey Beer Scene and What's on Tap here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. So you can check out his sites at com and, of course, com for the latest podcasts of both South Jersey Jersey beer scene and what's on tap. John, I'm going to run out of time here. I want to take a quick break. I want to put you on for another segment, if you don't mind. Give me a couple of more minutes sure. here because there is so much more to talk about. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back with John Cushow of South Jersey beer scene. So much to talk about, about the Jersey beer scene here as we keep it live and local here on the Algotulo Craft Beercast on AM 970, The Answer.
0: News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer.
1: It's fair and 73 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Two people are in the hospital after shots were fired near New York City's Central Park. Steve Greenfield reports.
0: Two people were shot while sitting on a bench opposite Central Park North on One Tenth Street between 5th and Lenox Avenues at about 11.50 Saturday night. The 42 and 43-year-old victims were taken to St. Luke's Hospital after police say they were shot in the abdomen by a Hispanic man riding a bike. One is in critical condition. The other is in stable condition. Steve Greenfield, NBC News Radio, New York.
1: New York City is planning a ticker tape parade for the United States women's soccer team following their 2-0 World Cup victory over the Netherlands today. It's their second consecutive World Cup win and their fourth overall. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio tweeted that the team will be honored with a ticker tape parade down the Canyon of Heroes in Lower Manhattan, 930 Wednesday morning, in sports, Mets fell to the Phillies this afternoon, eight three, and the Yankees lost to Tampa Bay, two one. Was that final score? Your traffic delays currently, Brooklyn bound at the Brooklyn Bridge, you do see some slow moving traffic just near the BQE. Frederick Douglass Boulevard north and southbound between one hundred twenty fifth and one hundred forty fifth Streets still remains closed due to an accident investigation. And then in Queens, on the Van Wyck northbound, expect delays. From Linden Boulevard to Hillside Ave, southbound delays are Union Turnpike to Liberty Avenue. GWB looks like a good ride inbound in App on the upper and lower levels. Lincoln Tunnels quiet in and out. Holland inbound from the Turnpike or 1 and 9 looks good, but the outbound Holland, that's at least a 15-minute delay. And then in Newark, 21 southbound at Center Street, just before Raymond Boulevard, pothole repairs quickly cleared. Traffic still slow from Rector Street. Weather for tonight, 20% chance of some showers. Otherwise, it's mostly cloudy with a low around 69. Partly sunny with a high near 79 for your Monday morning. And then on Tuesday, we'll see some more sunshines with a high near 86. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno, and I'm 970 The Answer
4: your life is an important one here at am 970 the answer we want to hear how this station is making a direct and positive impact on your life each day our programs and hosts enter your busy world of responsibilities and challenges and every day it's our wish that what you hear on this station positively affects you and your family we may be your main source of much needed information or we may provide you with a perspective about the world that is truthful and timely maybe it's giving you unique insights at just the right time these interactions happen regularly and we'd love for you to tell us about it Here. Here's what we want you to do. Visit AM970TheAnswer.com and type in the keyword story for all the details. Then record a video message on a camera or a mobile device and share your story with us. Here's the best part for sharing your impact story with us, you'll automatically be eligible to win a grand prize of a $1,000 gift card. So share your story today. Visit AM970TheAnswer.com and use the keyword story for all the details, contest rules, and to submit your video. That's AM970TheAnswer.com,
0: keyword story tweet us on twitter like us on facebook we're everywhere am970 theanswer.com
2: we'll do a little more slower metal this is every heavy metal band comes out with kind of a slow metal song on their album. You never notice that. It's always fast paced. And then of course there's that one slow song to kind of bring it down for a little bit. Gates of Valhalla from Manowar's Into Glory Ride, which was released on July 1st of uh, this week back in 1980. Uh, this is where I'm going to show my age. Ninth- July of 1983. I was 13 years old on Megaforce Records. Amazing. Amazing. So normally uh, we do another news segment here in the program, but uh, we've got John Cuchot, uh of South Jersey Beer Scene and What's on Tap uh, here on the, on the show uh, this week. And there's so much South Jersey beer news that I had to keep him over for one more segment because, honestly, there's so much to get into. We brought up Death of the Fox Brewing. We brought up all these different laws and, and, and different things. And John uh, rejo- rejoins me back on the phone line. So, John, you have spoken with a number of different brewery owners around South Jersey. Um, it really seems like there's a lot of friction between these restaurant owners and the brewery owners that you've seen or someone has at least, I mean, privately said to you, hey, look, I can't do business in the town because so-and-so is doing it. Is it because of the the you know the way the laws are in New Jersey that a restaurant has to purchase a, 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 an alcohol license that costs so much money and the brewery license is so much cheaper and they feel that this in some way is a direct competition?
3: I I think it I think it is on the surface but this is the this is the argument I have so a license for to sell liquor in any establishment in New Jersey is worth a bunch of money they just approved one down in South Jersey in Middle Township that's going to start the bidding at $750,000 oh my god i mean can you imagine $750,000 so having that license is like having a piece of stock or some kind of investment because when you go to shut down your business you're going to leave, and you can sell that for whatever it's worth at that time. And I know here in South Jersey and Cherry Hill area, they're going for well over a million dollars in places. Right. So you have that. Where they look at the brewery, and they're like, well, you're only paying X amount of dollars this year. And, you know, that's not really fair. But I want you to pull into a brewery, and I want you to go in the back and see all that stainless steel that's back there and see how much that's worth. You know, these guys, a lot of them upwards of a half a million dollars of equipment. I mean, in in most breweries, you know, get into a five or ten barrel system. After all, the bills are paid to put up, you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars without batting an eyelash. Right. Just to be able to keep up with your competition. So they have that investment. Plus, they can only sell what they make. Right. Here in New Jersey, it's one of the few countries, countries, states, you only can sell what you make. Mm. There's no bringing somebody else's beer in. There's no selling local wine. There's no selling local spirits. Whereas in our neighboring, you know, Pennsylvania from our side, you can do that. And, uh, you know, it's substantially less because they have a uh, out-of-pocket because they kind of have a hold on those liquor licenses. Liquor licenses in New Jersey are so valuable that they're, you know, if you have this license, you kind of hold court when you want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting, have that money to do an investment. And they're so, uh, 750000 I don't know about you, Al, but I had a great idea for a bar, but I can never afford a liquor license No, of course not.
2: Unless you have, an, so, unless you have you know, investors, unless you've hit the lotto, or unless you've got a sugar daddy that's going to give you a lot of money, there's just no feasible way to open up a restaurant with alcohol. It's always better to open up a restaurant in New Jersey and have BYOB and let people bring what yep. they want. And that's part of the allure, to me, of a small town brewery. You know you go to the brewery, you pick up some beer to bring over to the restaurant for dinner. Both of you win. The restaurant makes money, you make money at the brewery it 's very simple and if you're if you're pairing up with restaurants in the town that actually have liquor licenses and you 're putting the local beer on tap, both of you win again. The brewery wins because you 're selling their beer in the restaurant, and the restaurant wins because you 're buying food from that restaurant and drinking the local beer I, it's, it, to me, this is so simple.
3: But I also think it's very few restaurants with a lot of power, you know, change, that kind of thing, that have the ear of the people that are making the decisions. As you and I both know, you know, you come down Atlantic City, look at all the great beer bars we have in Atlantic City now in South Jersey and up in Long Beach Island and going out towards Philadelphia. They get it. It's very few that I think they're making a noise. And I honestly think it's bigger on the lobby end. You know, they're using that in the name of, you know, we're going to save jobs. We're going to make sure your license stays, you know, valuable the way it is. The system's just broken. Um, yep. it, it's it's uh, New Jersey at its finest, as usual. The system's mm-hmm. broken. You know, you have a liquor license that only the top 1% would ever be able to afford, and they're kind of misdirecting that towards the breweries. Mm-hmm. I, but I will say this.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: In the last, you know, since the ruling came out, It's been eerily quiet for a lot of people, and I think a lot of people are kind of scared to go out on on the ledge and, you know, kind of fight against these rulings because I do think the NJBA did a good job, Alexis and uh, Deegan and and the people over there did a good job trying to keep a lot of the hard language out of the ruling that came out right now. So I think that it's kind of a win. And to get it delayed for a year, to kind of get people to get, you know, figure out where they're Actually, going to be able to move their business was a big, it was a good job. So I think kudos go out to her and her team over there, NJBA, that that did that. And you know, we have the the brew uh, independent people that are fighting for you know the rights of the smaller breweries. And I think their argument is, "Hey, you know, all these breweries had this when they started. Why can't we have it?"
2: Right. You That's know, a lot true. Of these
3: bigger entities such as Cape May and Kane—they all started out small, and they brought a lot of their money in from their tasting rooms. And it kind of almost feels like they're taking that away from the smaller businesses. But, so, but you know what, John? Violence the from these. Bi- but
2: but I, I also think I also think though that a lot of these breweries, and, and and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't been to every single brewery in New Jersey, but mm-hmm. I noticed the bigger breweries that are that are, that are doing well. Don't need to have yoga and all these other things to get the people to come in. The beer is good enough that it stands on its own, and 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 to me, I think if you need to have music night or yoga night or whatever it is, trivia night to get people to come in your establishment, I don't think I don't think that sends the right message. I, I kind of think, hey, your beer should stand on its own uh, for you to come in. Like Wet Ticket from which is by me, which is three minutes from me. Mm-hmm. Um, they do an occasional furry, yoga thing. Yeah, I, I mean, they make great beer, but, but they're, you know, they occasionally do a yoga thing, but that's not the reason why I'm going there. Again, I may be in the minority. I'm there for the beer. I'm not there so much for the event. What I do think, though, is that, and you brought this up before in the question, and we're talking with John Couchot of South Jersey Beer Scene and What's on Tap here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, um, is that... Why is it that wineries don't partner with the breweries? Maybe, I know, I'm pretty sure it needs to be a change in the law in order for that to happen. Does. But that would be such a win-win for both the wineries and the breweries that you can come in and have a glass of wine. I know the restaurant people would be up in arms over it because, again, it would, feel, it would feel like it's cutting into their business. But that is a perfect win-win for them.
3: Well, the wineries are actually, I think, under the uh, agriculture end of New Jersey, not under the ABC. I think mm. that's one of the things that's an issue. The other, the other thing too, and to your point about the yoga and all that, mm. it isn't about it isn't about making money off of that. It's almost like I'm able to work within my community to have somebody who doesn't have a yoga studio that wants to come in and meet some clients and, you know, maybe work towards opening her own place, now his or her, excuse me, Mm. so now they have a place where they can go and introduce themselves to the public. So it's kind of a two-way thing. I think some people think that this quizzo and all this stuff brings in, you know, extra business. I, for one, don't think it does. I don't think music adds uh, adds anything to your bottom line. I think to be able to collaborate with new businesses in your area makes you part of the community. I think that's why they do the yoga and the adoption and the... You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. The and I, and I, you know, or pop up little sales and stuff like that. The, I don't think the breweries are in it to make a bunch of money. I think they're in it to become part of the community. And I think that's where the state's missing it a
2: little the, bit. The, John, the dog, thing, the, the dog thing is absurd to me. When I saw that with it's the elementary, you know, saying we can't have dogs in here anymore, and it's, it's this, and you have the municipality saying dogs can't be brought anywhere where there's food. And then the NJABC is saying, well, you can't sell food at a brewery. So which is it? Is it food that's in there or not food? Because at last I remember, I don't see anybody eating hops or grain in the back where they're making the beer. It's just its, just, it's, it's the most baffling thing ever.
3: Yeah, our buddy Don Russell, Joe Sixpack, he put a quite a, a funny thing up about that. I mean, make up your mind what, what you're going to do. Don't just keep throwing stuff and seeing if it sticks. Right. But then right. again, it's a, it's a lack of leadership from the top down. I mean, I don't think they knew what to do with breweries. And look how fast we're growing. And we're, really, we're not even at the tipping point yet. No,
2: no, not, all, not at all. Did. John, there is so much revenue to be made here, both on the, on the brewery owner's side and on the state itself. And they are missing the boat. And you've got two states that border you in New York and Pennsylvania that are doing such an amazing job. I wanted to get to this real quick before we run out of time. What do you uh, got coming up uh, on the website on South Jersey Beer Scene? Anything uh, forthcoming? No, so
3: Yeah, so uh, our buddy uh, Tom Renzilli, one of my writers, went up to Hidden River up there in Pennsylvania, in Douglasville. we got something coming up on that. I have uh, actually got to see the movie Beers of Joy.
2: Oh, I um, saw that a couple months ago. Yeah,
3: it's it's an interesting film. I have some thoughts about it, and we're going to have a review up this week. Cool. Plus, we're doing some gear reviews and that kind of stuff, but we try and stick to South Jersey and Philadelphia area beer. But it's getting hard because everybody's creeping all over the shelves everywhere. So That's... we're uh, we're just trying to stay relevant and tell everybody what's going on in the local and national beer scene here in South Jersey. What well, and uh, keeping it real.
2: Yeah, John. Let me tell you something. Your site does an amazing job. You guys do great with the interviews and stuff. I'm loving the review stuff now that you're reviewing different products and and putting those things out there. And of course, uh, the cast. Now you you're you're still working with Gary and and Tara on what's on tap, yeah. correct?
3: Big news. What's on tap is change. We're going back to TV. So the radio. Uh, the radio portion is not available right now. We're back on TV. We're actually taping shows next week.
2: Oh, that's very so cool. So, very who you got coming up? About that, who you got coming up?
3: Um, so, we, I, I can't tell too many of the details, but okay. we do have some uh, local eight and sand, and you know, Gary knows everybody. So, right. you know, we've everybody from you know uh, the Beaver <laughs> to uh, right. Mary Wilson from the Supremes to all the big beer people that you can even you can't even imagine. Uh, you know, talking to people—you know, Sam Caligioni, and you know Ken from Sierra Nevada—and right. just the the list is endless. The the people that Gary and Tara can bring in to speak to us. So, it's, it's a it's a very cool thing for me to be able to do.
2: It's pretty awesome. My guest has been John Cushow of South Jersey beer scene and what's on tap here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy the end. So you can check out his sites sjbeerscene.com, and of course, thehoppedupnetwork.com for the latest podcasts of both South Jersey Beer Scene and What's on Tap, and they'll be back on television uh, very soon down in South Jersey. John, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, Al. Cheers, my friend. You got it. Cheers. Up next, time for Suds and Duds on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
0: Larry Elder sees the race card being played again.
2: Kamala Harris is not an American black. She is half Indian and half Jamaican.
3: I'm sick of people robbing American blacks myself of our history. Donald Trump Jr. retweets it. All the man did was retweet somebody else's tweet, somebody else who happened to be black. Isn't that a legitimate question? I mean, and if it's not legitimate, does it make you
0: racist? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9, on AM 970. The Answer.
4: Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer.
1: wishes for your future in a world that's changing fast. Do play and laugh. Do win and lose. Do it all with confidence, kindness, and strength. And always do your best to remember that no matter what you do in this life, what matters to me is that you keep doing. Inspire Kids to Do at 4 horg
4: Looking to try your hand at something new this summer? Why not consider trading stock? Call Tradeway at 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-TRADE. And for just 99.95, learn how to trade in the stock market. Join Tradeway August 2nd and 3rd at the Marriott Marquis in Times Square to learn more. There's a full money-back guarantee. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain.
0: all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com.
2: final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer cast here on AM 970 the answer. Hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Uh I had a nice extended uh weekend. Started on Thursday, took the the Friday off as well. Took a vacation day and then now it's you know, it's Sunday night back to work on Monday morning. Uh but of course, full disclosure for those who don't know, I do tape this program ahead of time. So obviously, I am not here uh live in the studio on Sunday nights, but um for the most part, I mean it's recorded live. And I try not to make too many mistakes on this program, but um let us move on here. It's suds and duds, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily. Uh on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A G via email at Albert G at NYC dot com, uh iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download the shows on those two platforms. Alexa Ready as well, and we're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just check out thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can find my show along with a plethora of others uh, on those two platforms. Actually, let me call up the Hopped Up Network real quick here, and I can tell you a lot of the different shows uh, that are on this channel. So you got Drinking Geek Out, uh, the podcast. Better on Draft, uh, Hosters with the Mosters, uh, or they call it, well, it's Brew Chat. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the name of it. It's Brew Chat. Uh, Better on Draft, uh, Blind Pig Confessions. You have uh, Tap That, Arizona, which is, uh, I'm guessing, all about Arizona beer. Then you've got uh, Three Beers In. This is the podcast. They seem to be based out of Texas because I see the state of Texas within their podcast. Uh, Pints and Provisions. The Brew Happy Show, What the Hops. Uh, You've got I Love Beer, which is, uh, this says Cheers Charlotte Radio, so I'm guessing uh, this is all Charlotte, North Carolina-based stuff. Um, You have the Bitch Beer uh, Podcast, the Drunk Guys Book Club, uh, and a number of others, uh, including my own, uh, that you can check out. Uh, The latest episode is up there now. And, of course, once this show is done Monday morning, uh, usually before uh, 5 a.m. around 5.30 a.m. we get the new podcast uh, up there of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. Uh, but, of course, this is the final segment of the program, which is called Suds and Duds. It's interesting. A friend of mine the other day was listening, saw my tweet that says, final segment of the Craft Beer Cast, you know, Suds and Duds and naming the beers. And everyone said, final? That's the f- It's the final show? No. It's just the last segment of the program. I hate saying last segment. I like final. Because we're putting an end to this show and moving on to the next show. That's all. been doing this for almost three years now. Come on, people. Got to pay attention here. All right. So uh, Suds and Duds, a couple of different beers here, uh, and uh, a spiked seltzer as well. So let's start off. Fruited and Flying by Icarus. This is really good. It's a nice, light, dr- uh, drinkable sour. Um, certainly something that I could drink all day long. Uh, really digging sours a lot more now. Icarus, uh, is coming out with a few more of them. Very, very good. I highly encourage pretty much anything Icarus has done so far. I've really liked There might be one or two beers that Icarus has put out that I have not cared for. Um, but I really dig this one. It's a great sour and definitely something, uh, that you could drink for a long period of time. So you're at that summer concert. Uh, maybe it's a movie night in your town and they're projecting a movie on a big screen. This is definitely something. If you want to just have an easy night, this is the perfect uh, 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 beer to do so. On that thought, and you have to excuse me, folks. I'm finding a little bit of a sinus infection, so uh, my nose is quite stuffed, and uh, I can't get it to drain too much, so uh, forgive me there. Uh, but uh, on, on the note of easy drinking stuff and summertime drinking stuff, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Forgotten Boardwalk uh, has put out the first spiked seltzer in New Jersey. So local brewery putting out a spiked seltzer. Um, and uh, Seth from Forgotten Boardwalk had hit me up a couple of weeks ago, said, listen, you want to try it? And I said, yes, I would love to try it. He said, all right, well, I'm going to be in the area. I'll stop by um, Paragon Tap and Table this time, blah, blah, blah. So he hooks me up with a four-pack. I thought he was going to just give me a can. I'm very appreciative of the four-pack. Uh, gave one to a buddy of mine because I know his wife likes uh, spiked seltzers. Took the rest of it home, finally got a chance to crack Jaime, which is spelled J with the apostrophe and then A-I-M-E after uh, Jamie Quelley, who owns uh, Forgotten Boardwalk. This is their tangerine hibiscus with white tea. Now, I really enjoyed this a lot. It's light. It's refreshing. Uh, There's some nice tangerine taste in there. A lot of white tea. Um, There's a, a bit of a wine component to it as well. Um, but the tangerine and the white tea really uh shine, especially the tangerine, and I like tangerine. And this was citrus without being overly so. Now, I don't know how they made it. I'm assuming that they used some real fruit, maybe some uh some something artificial in there, but I, I really couldn't taste it, so I don't know. Um but it's a really nice, refreshing drink. Uh let's say you're at the beach. Although you're not supposed to be bringing alcoholic beverages on the beach, folks, just just let you know. Um, but if you're sitting in the backyard, maybe you're at a community pool, maybe you have your own pool, uh, maybe this is something you just want to you want to drink something light. This is definitely the way to go. The Jai mei uh, the tangerine hibiscus with white tea, Forgotten Boardwalk. Check it out. It's a cool can. Uh, it's kind of in a dark blue with um, Jai is. Uh, is in orange and then the me is kind of in a like a powder blue uh really cool can definitely want to check that out uh and and pick that up if you're looking for something if you have friends that like spike seltzer or you're looking for something to ease into uh during a backyard barbecue had a common roots uh space over at the end of elm great little place i went to my wife was getting a couple of tattoos about a week or so ago and uh, end of elm was right next door I wanted to stop by nice tap selection so tried the common roots Grapefruit forward, nice bite. Uh strong, uh an 8%er. Uh definitely something that I could drink again and again. It's a good thing that I didn't cuz it was of a high ABV. They also had Kane on tap, had an Eastern Sky, and Kane just makes fantastic beers. Uh it was juicy, it was really delicious. Uh really enjoyed it a lot. Like I said Kane is doing a great job uh with their IPAs and putting out some some good juicy ones too. Uh, I haven't had too much from the folks from Flying Dog over the last couple of years. Uh, And I actually need to reach out to them again and uh, see what's new coming down the pike. Maybe get some samples as well. But I had the Thunder Peel, their version of a hazy IPA. Uh, Smooth, a little bit of bite to it. Hazy, um, for sure. Uh, But I like the bite to it. I like, you know, I do enjoy when some of these New England IPAs, they have that haziness and that juiciness to it, but you get that you get that little nip at the end which is always a good thing. So I enjoyed that a lot, the Thunder Peel, the Hazy IPA and then finally uh, had a milk in it by Icarus. Uh, now, they had the liner notes in the, um, the, the bar menu or the beer menu at Paragon Tap and Table and this is what it said, this direct quote, lactose sugar and other nonsense. Well, the other nonsense is pretty darn good. Smooth and juicy, just an Excellent beer. Uh, Definitely something that if I was planning on having a few more of them, uh, I could definitely enjoy uh, having another uh, one or two more of the Milking It by Icarus Brewing. Like I said, uh, Icarus has just been really killing it with a lot of their beers. Uh, They're very enjoyable, uh, delicious stuff. Yeah, some of it is these uh, milkshake IPAs, but um, you definitely want... If you like that type of stuff... See, that's the thing. I think when it comes to... um, when it comes to IPAs and it comes to these juicy IPAs, uh, a lot of people think that that's what it, or some people think that's what's representative of the IPAs, and they're not. You want a classic IPA, you want a West Coast IPA with that pineiness and that hoppiness uh, of the beer, that really bitter, bitter bite that kind of, you know, smushes your face up uh, the first time you sip one. That's a classic IPA. That's something that you definitely want to drink. Uh, and to me, um, that is always like if I can get myself a West Coast IPA, a good West Coast IPA, that is definitely something I will go for again and again and again as opposed to the hazy ones because, yeah, they're easy drinking. But after a while, all that lactose, all those other different things, um, it gets bothersome to me, at least on on my palate. Now, the other thing, I tweeted this out uh, late last week or early last week, actually. Uh, It's definitely something to look up from CBS News. They did a piece on their CBS Saturday Morning program on craft beer and artwork and how breweries want these uh, really visual statements on their cans to kind of, um, you know, to pop when you're looking in a, uh, in a refrigerator. And I, I, I tend to agree with them, but it's interesting. The folks from The Alchemist said, you know, you could have great art, but if the beer is terrible, you're not going to go back to it. They're 100% right on that one. I know it sounds obvious, but it is. You can have the best artwork in the world, but if your beer is terrible, nobody's going to buy it again. But I do think that that's part of the thing these days when it comes to beer. You want that artwork to pop. You want somebody to go looking through your refrigerator and see something that's striking, that's unique, and makes you go, Oh, I think I'm going to try this. I like the artwork on the can. I'm hoping that the beer matches up with the artwork on the can, that it's delicious, and I'd want to buy it again and again. That, to me... Uh, is worth it. So they interviewed the folks from Alchemist and they also interviewed uh, the folks from Other Half. It's an interesting piece. Would love for you to check it out. We'll try and retweet it again uh, uh, at the end here of the show and maybe you can check it out and uh, get some feedback from it. But folks, we are out of time. My thanks to everybody who makes this show happen and as well as my guest John Cushot who co-hosts What's on Tap with Gary Montaroso and Tara Nern and also runs South Jersey Beer Scene. SJBeerScene.com is the website for more information. Uh, we are out of time. See you on the Joe Piscopo show at six a.m. on Monday morning. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer.
0: Cheers, everybody.